Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise you on today. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. I thank God for um, the song for my missionary on today. Thank God for um, our prayer book. I have to keep this book up here before we before we go into prayer so that we are able to see it and pray over the people that's in it. But I covered them in Jesus. I may not have called them by name, but God has covered them. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all got a quiet spirit today, huh? <laughs> God, I praise you. Glory, Jesus. Hmm. So, I thank God for the word again, and I pray that it's plain to you guys. Amen. I was talking to my husband, and I said, because, you know, every, every week after um, Joy... Sister Joy and her friends, they kind of listen to her co-worker. They listen to um, the sermon, and she always send us, you know, what they got from it. be a long, you know, thing that we'd be looking forward to from both of them, what they got from it. And um, which a lot of people, you know, we, I went back and listened to it and thinking about my brother Marcus, um, give it to us, you know, just all of that with the word and. And they were saying, you know, that was the best word ever. That's the best word he ever preached. You know, that was with joy. And um, the other guy was saying, like, this was the best word ever. And then everybody was like, ooh, that word was good, Pastor. They don't preach that too often in the church. And I thank God for the word. And I looked at him and I said, well, now what am I supposed to do? Come behind that. <laughs> I said, now I'm supposed to preach behind the best word ever. <laughs> and I thank God because, you know, our pastor, he always have one in the pocket. You know, he'd be ready to preach, but because God has called me to do a job anytime that, you know, the Lord says it's my turn, even though I know that he will go. And I was like, I was serious. I was like, what am I supposed to preach behind the best word ever? And um, he was like, I can go, but I never responded because I think he kind of know me by now that when the when it's time for me to go, that I'm going to go. Even if it's uncomfortable, I'm going to do the thing that God has called me to do. I'm going to do the hard thing, unless I'm going to try my best to do the hard thing. So on today, God, I, you know, I've, I've had a word for for a couple of weeks or so. Um, but then, like I said, it got kind of intimidating when, when the best word ever came forth. And I was like, should I bring this word? So God, do you have... A best word ever for me that I need to give. And God said, you know, just get a word. The word is good anyway. The word is all of my word. It's the best word ever. So I just thank God for um, what he gave me to give to the people on today. Um, because in my brain, you know, God, if y'all don't know, Pastor has been saying that God is doing something different with his eyes. Like he's seeing things differently. He can just is is this he's doing something different. I told him I was like, and God is doing something different again with my nod or my tick or my sound, uh, my Holy Ghost. You know, when something don't 
sound right to me. I usually do this little thing with my head, like, huh? Which I haven't been doing a lot lately because people know my secret. So I try to keep my secret under wrap. So I try to keep this nod to myself because when that head go like that, that means you better, Pastor, why you do that? That the Lord is literally speaking to me. Um, so God is doing something different with my ears. And I thank God um, for what he is doing. So the word that he gave me a few weeks ago that just killed me, and I, it, it was just a sentence. He was like, release the lie, release the lie, release the lie, release the lie. So I just been sitting on that for a while. And I'm like, God, what are you trying to say to your people? Because he had me, well, I had myself, you know, diving in the word, trying to figure out, God, what, which way are you trying to go with this? Because I'm thinking I was going one way. And he switched it up on me um, yesterday to go another way. So I thought I was using one store, one verse, but then he switched it up on me. So he said, release the lie. So the one thing that 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 stuck out was well, the one thing that um, I had wrote down about three weeks ago, just at the top of my, my little page, I put family secrets will destroy you and your seed. Family secrets will destroy you and your seed. Release the lie. So y'all going to hear me say that throughout this sermon. Release the lie. Because God is trying to get you to release something on today. Hallelujah. God is trying to get us to see our lives differently. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have one job. You have one job. Now, as I go through this sermon, I'm going to be talking about the sons of Korah. As I go through this word, you have one job, says the Lord. The sons of Korah. Now, there are three sons of Levi. The three sons of Levi were Gershon, Moriah, and Koath. They were ordained, meaning they were giving the authority. Now, I'm about to take y'all on a little journey now, so I need y'all to stay with me. Let me, let me, I need, I'm about to take y'all on a storytelling journey, okay? So I'm going to be going back and forth from different little things, but all of it will connect, okay? So the, son, the, the three sons of Levi were ordained and give, or given authority, because I need y'all to understand what the word ordained means. That means God is giving you the authority to do something, to take care of the tabernacle. So they were given authority to take care of the tabernacle and all of its implements, as well as the Ark of the Covenant. So these are the sacred things that God has given them authority to take care of. The Gershonites were responsible for the care of the tabernacle and the tent. Because if y'all don't know, like when they left, when they left, you know, when Moses brought them out, they were in the wilderness, they had the stuff, they was carrying everything. So it was different people that were responsible for putting up tents and taking care of different things. So the Gershonites were responsible for the care of the tabernacle and the tents and everything that came came about the outer stuff. Okay. The Merorites were appointed to take care of the frames of the tabernacle. And the Kohathites were responsible for the care of the sanctuary and the ark. Unlike the the Gersonites and the Merites, who were allowed to transport the items under their care on a cart, 
the Kohathites who had the Kohathites had to carry their items, the holy things of the tabernacle on their shoulders. So I need y'all to understand that that our main focus, even though I gave y'all the three sons of Levi, we're going to be talking about Kohath. Okay, that's who we're going to be talking about on today. Korah. I'm sorry, we're going to be talking about Korah. So these particular this particular um, sons or descendants, they had to carry the ark on their shoulders. So unlike the words say, unlike everybody else, unlike the other sons who were able to pull and push and put the stuff on the cart, they had to carry the stuff on their shoulders. So the question is, is what you are carrying on your shoulders is what you are carrying on your shoulders holy? Now, if y'all think about that question, because the thing that they were carrying was a holy thing. Even though it may have been a hard and heavy thing, it was still holy. So think about the things that you are carrying on your shoulders. Is it holy on today? And it'll make sense as we go through this word. So God may call you to carry some stuff on your shoulders that you are called and ordained to do. That he has given you authority to carry. It is us who mess up God's purpose over your life. Because you miss the process. So we know we've been talking about the process in the church, right? So I need y'all to understand that when God has given you something to carry, when it's from him, not something that you picked up, but when God has given you something to carry on your shoulders, he has given you the authority to do that. But a lot of times we want to mess it up. We want to mess up the process. We want to we want to push it instead of putting. We want to push it instead of carrying it. We want to pull it instead of carrying it. We want, we want to cop out. We say God is too heavy. But y'all need to understand that when God gives you something, carry it. So in Numbers 4 and 15, I'm going to read this verse. The camp will be ready to move when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the sacred articles. The Kohathites will carry and will come and carry these things to the next destination. But they must not touch the sacred objects, or they will die. So these are the things from the tabernacle that the Kohathites must carry. So y'all must understand that Aaron, only Aaron and his descendants was priests. Like they were the only ones that could touch the stuff. So they prepared the items, they put it together, and, and what you are supposed to do, what, what that particular descendant is supposed to do, they are supposed to pick it up, come in, don't touch it. Don't touch the stuff. You are supposed to come in, pick up what God has ordained, and carry it to the next destination. Hallelujah. But you get distracted. You get so distracted, says the Lord. You get so distracted. Instead of picking up and moving to the next destination, you go in you go in and begin to touch the things that God told you not to touch. You begin to touch the things, not realizing that when you touch what God instructed you not to touch, that it is killing you. Oh, I need y'all to catch this word, that when God gives specific instructions, when he gives a specific process, 
But we go in and start meddling with the process that is already put together and it's just ready for you to pick it up and take it to your next destination. You start looking at that thing and say, that look too heavy. That don't, that, that don't look, I can't carry that much weight. Let me, let me put some, uh, let me, let me pass some on the side or put some, or, or maybe I can just pull it like the, like the other Gershites can. Maybe I can do that, but that wasn't your job. God said, go in, pick it up and carry it to your next destination. God instructed you not to touch it. Your life will begin to be a lie. When we start touching things that God did not tell us to touch, or when we start doing things out of order, you are living a lie. A lot of times that word cut, because people don't like to call themselves a lie. We like to cover it up with sweet sugar and, and make it look pretty and say, well, it ain't that bad. We like to go into that gray area, that lukewarm. But guess what? That is the worst area to be in. Hallelujah. So when we begin to touch things and do things out of the order that God has ordained us to do, we are killing ourselves and we are living a lie. So on today, God is saying, release it. Tell the truth about what you have done and what you are going through. After, and I need to pause right there because I need y'all to remember that, that as I go through, we're going, like the, the Bible talks about descendants. So we're talking about the sons of Korah. So in the beginning, I said that your family secrets will destroy you and your line. So I need y'all to remember that, that if you don't tell the truth, that you're just passing on to the next generation, a lie. And the next generation will continue killing itself until they recognize that what the truth is, until they say, hmm, I don't want to be like that. I recognize some some stuff, you know, I may not understand it, but I know God's word and God's word don't look like that. So after carrying and taking care of the sanctuary, the Carthites began, began to hate this task. Hallelujah. They began to hate this task and they began to covet other things. So like I told y'all, so when God give us specific instructions and he tell us to, to pick up something and carry it to our next destination, and we be doing that thing over and over and over again, because that's that was their job. They had to carry this stuff on their shoulders. They didn't have the opportunity to put it in carts and pull it along. They didn't have that opportunity for people to help. They had to put it on their shoulders and carry it. So after doing this task and, and how long they was in the wilderness, how long they was doing this? They were carrying this stuff for a long time. But we act like we can't carry something for a year. For two weeks, it gets too heavy. We start to crumble and forget what God has ordained us to do. So they began to grumble and moan and, and covet after the other folks' stuff. They began to covet, like, God, why, why I got to carry it? Why you chose me to do this? Why I got to go through this? Why you pick me? They got it easy. They ain't got to go through all this. That's that's coveting. You're living a lie. Y'all have to identify, like when you start coveting after other folks' stuff, when you start questioning God and like, God, why I got to do it? When he ordained you, when he gave you the authority to do it, 
Mm. Hallelujah. They started covenanting and wanting. They want the job of the priest. It's not on Aaron's job. You know, they go in at the Aaron and his and his family, they, you know, they they look rich, they priestly, even though they probably had on rag, you know, they just look, they go in and they pray and they don't have to carry stuff. They just get it ready for the next people to pick it up and take it. And they grumbled and murmured against Moses' authority. So they looking at Moses and say, because Moses is the one that, that gave out the instructions through God. Like it always, it always a mouth, a mouthpiece now. Y'all got to recognize that. It's a mouthpiece. So Moses was the mouthpiece. He came and said, okay, the Merites, y'all do this. The Gershonites, y'all do this. And y'all do this. So they start saying, who he, who is he to tell us what to do? Who, what gives him the authority? So they're like, why we can't have the authority? Why we can't tell the people what to do? Hmm. Sound like a little, sound like some church folks to me. They get tired of hearing the pastor say certain things or get tired of hearing the minister say certain things. And then they, after they hear these things for a while, they say, why well, I can't be right? Why God only speak to you? Why he can't speak to me? It's some things that God ordains certain people to do. So we got to remember to stay in our lane. Hallelujah. Stop wanting what's not for you nor meant for you. When you do this, you are basically hmm, calling God a lie. When you want in things that other people have and you start coveting and saying, God, why I got to go through this? Why my life got to look that like this? You are saying that what he has for you isn't good enough. You are living a lie. So God is saying, release that because my words say I'm good. My words say I, have, I will never leave you nor forsake you. My words say I'm a burden lifter. Hallelujah. Now Korah was, who was the son of Kahath, began to, to run and hang out and get caught up with different groups of people. So, okay, so when this stuff started getting hard and we like my money don't look right or my situation don't look right or my man or woman ain't treat me right, I'm about to start hanging out with these group of people over here because they look like they got something going on. They look like they ready to take charge of some stuff. They can help me right. They can help get my pockets right. Hallelujah. They start running with a different crowd. They start hanging out with these people who were the Reubenites. Hallelujah. And these same Reubenites were, were the ones in the desert that was trying to overthrow Moses and Aaron. But he said, let me go. But And it's, and it's crazy because when God give you a specific authority, they had a great job. They were next to the Holy of Holy. They were carrying the precious thing of God. But they said, I don't want that. I want what the streets got for me. I want this quick fix. I want to start touching this stuff. Because God, I don't know. I can't pay these bills. Hallelujah. My pockets ain't looking right. My children need A, B, and C. Hmm. Hallelujah. Release the loud today. Because God is a provider. And if you don't believe that, you got to release the lie on today. Hallelujah. So the, the, the tribe of Reuben, the two people that he was like, I'm going to hang out with was 
was Dathan and Abraham. So in number 16, it tells me, it says how they assembled together some men to rebel against it and to assemble together and rebel against Moses and challenge the authority of, well, challenge the authority of Moses and come against Aaron. They wanted to take Aaron's position and they wanted to challenge Moses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read these because I got to give you the scripture now. I got to be in the word so y'all know I'm in them. So number 16, and I'm going to read through quickly. 16, 28 through 35 says, now, and Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all the things that I have done. For I have not done them on my own. Hallelujah. If these men die a natural death or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has not sent me. So he's saying, you know, if they just go, if they just pass naturally, then I'm a lie. Like God ain't sent me or gave me the authority to lead these people. But if the Lord does something entirely new and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them and all of their belongings and they go down alive into the grave, then he gave them something difficult. <laughs> Then you will know that these men have shown contempt for the Lord. He had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men, along with their households and all their followers who were standing with them and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave, along with all their belongings. The earth closed over them. And they all vanished from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled when they heard their screams. The earth will swallow us too, they cried. Then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. So I need y'all to understand that while he was yet talking to the people, God was already saying, no, I got something for them. Before you even finish this sentence, I'm about to give them, I'm about to crack open this earth. And they're going to fall through. And then when the people that was with, see, when you go out and hang out with the other people, they're going to leave you. Like when the cops start coming, they're going to say, I ain't do that. They're going to run the other way. So 250 people, they said, oh, Lord, God is coming. Let me run. But God said, no, I got you too. I'm going to send down fire from heaven and blaze you up. You cannot run from me, says the Lord. When you are living a lie, you cannot run from me. You cannot hide. I see you in every place, every secret place, every place where you think I'm not, I'm there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, when you get out of pocket and begin to do things that God has not called you to do, you will feel the earthquake in your life. And it will swallow you alive or burn you to death. So we're going to take that thing from where God, because, you know, that was old tip. God did that stuff. But now God is saying the earthquake is your life. It's your life. That I, I will crack something open in your life. And, and when we are living a lie, it will swallow us whole. And just like I said, when we feel like that we're trying to hide or get away, God said that burning will still be there. You will still feel it. Your life will feel like a constant hell until you release the lie 
Whatever it is you have been walking in or speaking or thinking or even not doing, God is saying, confess it and release it. God wants your truth. God wants your truth. That is the best sacrifice unto him. Do the job God has given to you, even, even if it feels heavy. Do the work. Do what he has called you to do. God is trying to see if he can just trust you with that thing. Instead of looking for your own way out and your own solution, God is saying, just do the work and trust me. If I ordained you or if I've given you authority over this thing, if I've said you can do this, because we all church folks know that God ain't going to give me too much I can't bear. <laughs> do you really believe it? Because if you say it and then your actions show something else, guess what you are doing? You are lying. No one's just calling you out. You are living a lie. So, he will, if you just trust him and do the word, God is saying that if you know my word and know that I am good and, and can quote all these scriptures and, and been in the church house and know what the saints say and know the songs, he says, if you just trust me with the load, guess what I will do? I will lighten it. You didn't give me time. You didn't first do the thing I asked you to do. Because when this started getting heavy or it was, it was repetitive and you kept having to go to that same job or go to that same house or say the same thing to your children, when that stuff started getting hard, you just say, I give up. But God said, if you just stick with it, if you just go through the process, if you just go through the process, but first do what I, but he is asking of you. And stop complaining and coveting. For when you do this, we are living a lie. What has God told you to do and you still haven't done it? Think about what God has already instructed you to do and you still ain't done it. Hmm. Think about your life right now in this moment. Does it line up with the word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey God, I praise you. Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't line up with the word, hallelujah, the messenger of the Lord said you are living a lie. And don't get mad at me for delivering the word because in the word it says, God, if I'm not real, show it. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. But if you know that your life does not line up with the word of God, release it on today. Hallelujah. What has God told you to do? Because in James 4 and 17, remember it says it's a sin to know what you ought to do, but you don't do it. It's in the word, y'all. I'm in there. It's a sin. The word says it's a sin to know. So if you know right now that your life does not line up with the word of God and you're not doing anything different, what you living in? Yeah, you're living a lie. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like growing up, as I keep saying the word lie, people used to get a whooping for saying lie. They used to say, oh, that's a cuss word. Don't say that. <laughs> you get popped. You got to say it's a story. It's not a story. I can tell you a bad time. It's not a story. You're telling a lie. 
I raised my kids to say what it is. It's a lie. What story are you trying to tell me? It's a lie. So on today, God is saying, if you are doing, if you know to do good and not doing it, it's a lie. You're living a lie. But guess what? God is so good. He, he said, I'm, I'm sending a warning before destruction. He said, I'm asking you to release it on today. Hallelujah. Get in order so that what you birth, I'm getting at it's all about to connect, y'all. But so what you birth will be spared. So in Numbers 26, 11, it says, for the sons of Korah did not die. Hallelujah. Even though the earth cracked open and swallowed, um, co-opted up, even though, you know, the helpers was there, it says, for the sons of Korah did not die. They were either too young to know what was happening or they, under, they understood God's authority. Basically, they said, I, either I was too young or I said, no, nah, I'm not about to be a part of this foolishness. I'm not about to be where they at. Hallelujah. My dad acting crazy. That thing that said I'll go if I have to go by myself. Hallelujah. They said, I'm not going to be a part of that foolishness. So they didn't get involved in dad's mess. So they were spared. The Korahites the Korahite were no longer keepers of the sanctuary of the tabernacle. So God said, I'm going to take that from you. I'm going to take that job from you. Since you complained and said it was too heavy and you think the grass is green on the other side, let me go and just take that from you. Hallelujah. So they were no longer keepers of the sanctuary. Their job changed to the doorkeepers and the custodians of the tabernacle. God said, I'm still keep you closed. See, I'm so good. I ain't throw you out. You still can keep the door and you can clean up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What will you do if God tweaks your calling? And now you have to be the one who is cleaning up not only your mess, but the mess of others. Will you still remain faithful? If God say, if you think you up here, but God said, I'm going to take you from right there. And, and to make you start over because I couldn't trust you with the one thing I gave you. So let me put you here and see if you're going to grumble. Because now you got, to, you got to be the doorkeeper. You're probably standing all night. Your feet hurt. Hallelujah. Your back hurt from cleaning the floors. I threw up last night, so go clean that up too. Hallelujah. God said, I'm going to place you there. So are you going to look at this task as meaningless are you going to look at it as just like i explained it or are you going to say god i am grateful to keep your door because your door is holy god i am grateful to clean your sanctuary on extreme clean day hallelujah because god your, your building is precious this is where you dwell so i want to make sure it's the cleanest it's the freshest that when that it smells the best so that when people come in and make a grateful sound unto you, I will stand around and say, huh, I did good, God. I did a great job for you. Or will you fall back to that complaining and covenant? Because a lot of times when we, when we think the grass is greener on the other side and then we get out there in them streets and then we look back and we're like, it wasn't so bad where I was there. No. It's some foolishness out here. I thought it was hard carrying this load on my shoulder. But this load that I picked up for myself is way harder. 
I should have stuck with what God gave me. So even through our mess ups and lies, God still has a plan for our life and our line. Because it's up, it's up to us to determine what path we will take. Because if God can't get the glory from you, if you refuse to release the lie, he will raise up someone in your line. Because his purpose will be fulfilled, whether it's through you or through your child, through your child, child. It can go on for years. It can it can be years later. You can be long gone and forgotten about. But God said, I'm still going to complete my purpose. Whether you do it or not. So Prophet Samuel came from the line of Korah. Hannah's son. Hallelujah. Y'all know what Hannah did. She prayed, right? Hallelujah. She stayed faithful. She said, even though I don't feel right, I don't, I don't, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you that when you give me a seed that I'm going to give him back to you. And that seed was from the line of Korah. That was the prophet Samuel. So the sons of Korah remained faithful and became the great leader. So after they, 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 they worked they stayed faithful. They became the great leaders in the house. They were great singers. And they, they, they were great orchestras, meaning they, they played instruments. They made a joyful noise unto the Lord in his tabernacle. So there are 11 psalms, and I'm coming, I'm almost finished. There are 11 psalms attributed to the descendants of Korah. And throughout each psalm, it shows their gratitude. So I'm taking y'all on that journey because even though you can start out in the mess, you can release it and end up and end up still victorious, just like God will get the victory in the end. So throughout that time, you should always, because the sons of Korah, the descendants of Korah, they reflected on that thing throughout generations and generations. They remembered because the stories were told when the earth cracked open and swallowed up. Or when the day God burned 250 people. Like the story was told, and it's like, I don't want to go through that mess. So because they decided to live in truth, even when it didn't feel good, the truth always prevails. The truth is healed and the truth puts anger, pride, jealousy, grief, doubt, shame, etc. in its place. The truth is healing to your body. Hallelujah. I was reading that, that when, when we hang on to a lie, it physically does something to your body. It gives you high blood pressure. It makes you stressed. It makes you mentally depressed. Like it does something to your brain where eventually your senses just get out of whack. And we know that a lot of times it's like these older, gen my mom's generations, like all this stuff that that generation was holding. Most of the people in that generation got Alzheimer's, right? They Dementia. Because it's so many family secrets. That they held on to. Hallelujah. And to stand here and folks be like, you can say that about you? Yes. She held on to so much. And I'm a living testimony that I saw and I remember and I heard when it shifted, when her brain snapped. Because of so many decisions in her life, so many secrets that she made. That affected the mind. That's why I say he's going to raise up somebody in that line. And I accepted the call. I said, 
The devil is a liar. I will release the lie on today. I will not live in shame, doubt, pride. I will not live like that. I will tell the truth. So because I lived a life where I heard the stories, even from my grandmother, from my mom's mom, her mom's mom, like it goes back further than my mother. So because I heard a word and I remember and saw, I have gratitude on today because I released the lie. And that is what the descendants of Korah did. In, the, in those 11 psalms that they wrote, those psalms are giving God the praise and saying, God, even in my darkest hour, you were there. Even when it didn't feel good to make a change, you were still there. Because I would rather carry your, your stuff, the stuff that you require me to carry on my shoulders, instead of what these other people out here in these streets want me to carry. Instead of what I'm trying to pick up. Hallelujah. So because they decided to live in truth, they were able to release that lie. Hallelujah. Mm. You realize that the truth is God. And when we hide in him, allowing him to be our refuge, our beacon, a lie has no chance within us. It has to flee. You will begin to be uncomfortable with even the little lie. Like, you know, when, when we say, when we come before the Lord and we first give our life, like the, for me, let me make myself, because everybody might still be, some people might still be living a lie. But for me, when I gave my life to the Lord and I got saved, I felt so filthy. I felt like everything that was in me that I know that I did in my life, I had to confess it. I had to give it, get it out. Those were the days of testimonies. Like, y'all don't think y'all too familiar because at 3PD in America, we used to testify a lot. Hallelujah. I confessed those things of abortion. I confessed those things when I wasn't a good wife in my first marriage. I confessed some stuff in my family that I felt like I got to hold this because if I tell my story, I'm going to be telling other people's story. But God said, let's release that lie. Because that lie was carrying heavy on me. I can't help I was a part of this family or help that I was a part of this situation. So therefore, because I was a part of it, it's now my testimony. It affected me. And I got to tell the truth. I'm sorry if it hurt you because <laughs> it only hurts if you hadn't released the lie. If a family member hear your testimony and it hurt them, it's because they haven't told the truth. Because when we come face to face with stuff in our life and we begin to release it, it should be freeing. It takes away shame. It takes away hurt. A lie has to flee. Evaluate your life on today. And God say, release the lie. Mm -hmm. Psalms 46 and 10 says, be still. What is our pastor been saying? What did he preach? Be still. And guess who wrote this song? The descendants of Korah. So that right there, I was like, oh, I never realized that until I, I put this word together. And when God is telling you to be still, he's telling you to stop fighting. He needs you to know on today that he wants you to stop fighting him. And just be still and follow the process. God said, I, I am good. So what I tell you, it will be good. Even if it's heavy, it's still good. The end of it will 
be victorious. You will come out victorious. So God is saying, stop fighting. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Release the lie and learn from the, um, the descendants of Korah what it looks like when you are not when you are not releasing a lie. What it look like when you hold on to a lie. And what it look like when you release it through the descendants of Korah. So I'm going to read this last thing and I'm going to be done. Psalms 85, 8-13 says, I listen carefully to what God, the Lord, is saying. So on today, God is saying, have you been listening carefully to what I'm trying to say? For he speaks peace to his faithful people. But let them not return to their foolish ways. God is saying on today, if you heard this word, and you, and you say, Lord, I need to release some stuff on today. Say, God, I've been living a lie. God is saying, okay, stay faithful to me. And don't return to your foolish ways. Surely, his salvation is near to those who fear him. So our land will be filled with his glory. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Y'all have to realize that this psalm is so sweet to me because when I read it, it's like when you release that lie, God said, my love will come in like a, like a rushing wind. He said, my unfailing love and my truth will meet together. And righteousness and peace has kissed. They will, they, oh God, all this stuff will start piecing together in your life. And it will feel like a great big, like God is just holding you and kissing on you. Truth springs up from the earth. The righteousness smiles down from heaven. So God's saying when, when truth went down, because God sits high and looks low. So when, when God said in that moment, when you begin to release that lie and tell the truth, that his righteousness smiles on you from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Righteousness goes as a herald before him, preparing the way for his steps. When you release that lie, hallelujah, God said, now I can go before you and, and do what I need to do. Now that you've gotten out of your own way, now I can prepare the way for you. I can order those steps. I can show you where to go. Because my path is righteousness and it will lead straight to me. So when you release the lie, then and only then is, is when God can call you righteous. I need y'all to catch that. When you release that lie and start telling the truth, that is the only way God will call you righteous. That is, that is when God can call you friend. So y'all have to realize that those two go together. When, when we say, I'm a, I have a friend in God, but does God call you his friend? Because you're only God's friend when you are righteous. Read Abraham. When God called him friend, it, it's because he was righteous. And you know what righteous means? Righteous means to obey. 
because you are trusting in the truth and now you are obeying his authority. So when you are trusting in God's truth and obeying his authority and when God tells you to pick it up and go, don't murmur, don't complain. When God say, go, go a little deeper in my word, don't say, well, God, I'm too busy. My job had me doing A, B, and C. I don't really have time to sit with you. God said, don't do that. We find a way to do everything we want to do. Hallelujah. When we sit tired defeated, we still going to get up and go to that doggone job that man gave us. But it grieves the Lord on today. That you can't give him a couple of hours out of your day to come and praise and worship him because your night was bad or, or your week didn't go right or your body just don't feel right. Release the lie on today. Because we make a way for everything else. Now God is saying make a way for me. So that when you let me into your life I will then begin to prepare that path for you. That when you step out in faith in me, when God say, do this for me, even if it's uncomfortable, it is hard. God said, I got you. The end will be victorious. God is just trying to see if he can trust you to be consistent with the one thing that he told you to do. If you can't be consistent with the one thing, you're going to keep hitting that same wall. You're going to keep living that same life. Be consistent with God has told you to do. Just like with them, they was they they began the grace good. They began good, but then they started getting tired. They started coveting. They started started saying God is too hard. But nothing is too hard for Him. God is saying if you just trust me, by and by, when you release it back to me, I will carry that burden for you. Just do the work. And release the lie on today. Amen. Amen. Now come on here, God, and hang up for his word. Hallelujah.